Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Jesus touched a blind man once and asked, How do you see? He responded, I see men as trees. In other words, he could see better, but he couldn't see clearly. Jesus touched him a second time and he was made whole. But nothing in the Bible is accidental. That phrase, I see men as trees, to me is significant because humanity is compared to trees in Scripture. The righteous are compared to evergreens like the cedar, the myrtle, the palm. Psalm 92 says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Jesus said, when the wind blows, you can't see it, but you see its effects by the blowing branches. And he says, so is everyone born of the Spirit. The unseen Spirit has visible proof in our lives. So you and I, we are like trees. The Bible character Job, who in the midst of all of his troubles, he took a moment and spoke of trees. In Job 14, he said, man born of woman is of few days and his life full of trouble. He goes on to describe that trouble. But then in verse 7, he says, For there is hope for a tree. If it's cut down, it will sprout again, and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its roots may grow old in the earth, and its stump may die in the ground, but at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like the plant. I love that expression, at the scent of water. All of this week on Daily Devotion, we're talking about hope beyond our circumstances. It just takes the mere scent of water to bring new life. It does not take a Niagara. It doesn't take the mighty Mississippi. It doesn't take all the water in the Amazon or the Nile or Rhine. It only takes the scent of water. And that which seems dead can come back to life. It once had life, and now it reclaims that life. Does that sound familiar? We're speaking of resurrection hope, of reclaiming what once had been, but in a greater and a newer form, that God is doing something in our midst. I sense that, do you, that something is breaking forth in new life, that God is bringing back what the devourer took from us. Habakkuk prayed a prayer in chapter 3, revive thy work in the midst of the years, bring it back. I love how another translation renders Habakkuk 3.2. Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day and in our time, make them known. We have precedent. Stara deceases is what is called in the law. It's pretty much the working rule of modern law. It's a Latin phrase meaning stand by those things decided, precedent. That if something has happened before that settles it, there's no question. We stand on those things already decided. We apostolics don't look to the past to see simply what was. We look to the past to see what might be. Our motivation is not sentimentality or nostalgia. No, we are like the fallen soldier tossed into the tomb of Elisha that if we can lay hold on what happened then, we can see it happen again, that there's life in those old bones. 
We look at those things decided. We declare precedent. It was just prior to the modern rebirth of Pentecost. Some people had stopped believing in the miraculous. They just said it happened back in Bible days, but it doesn't happen now. No miracles, no signs, no wonders. These individuals are sometimes called cessationists. Generally, I think they're sort of a dismal bunch. Then there are those who believe in the miracles, signs, and wonders, and prophetic gifts, and angelic visitations. These are called continuationists. What a tug of war this sometimes is. People over on one side saying, God can't, and the other side saying, oh yes, he can. I believe it happens every time we gather together. I believe it happens at every church service. Some arrive with a big no on their foreheads. Some arrive with a big yes. It happens in each of our hearts and minds. You remember that one man that said to Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief, that there's a tug of war. Part of us believes that God can, but we struggle with the part of us that doubts that God will. Can I remind you that Jesus is called the amen? In him is every yes and amen. We should enter into his presence with the spirit of yes. So what, pastor, that he did it back then? Well, here's why I think that's important. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let me give you that in the girly translation. If he did it back then, he can do it again. Of the 3,779 verses in the four Gospels, 729 of them relate to healing and deliverances. That means one-fifth of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is devoted to Jesus healing and working wonders. Not long ago, a member of our church told my daughter, God did it. She then went on to say, when I first visited the church, I had a brain tumor filling my head but I was prayed for last week, and now the doctors can't find the tumor. God is so good at hide and seek. If God could hide the body of Moses so Satan couldn't find it, you'll find that story in Deuteronomy 34. If God could take your sins and place them in the depths of the sea, don't you think that same God who created your body can take away, remove your problem, remove your sickness? If he did it, Back then, we can call him Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals today. Back then, he multiplied five loaves and two fishes. He put the gold in the fish's mouth. He multiplied the catch of fish so that the nets broke. If he did it back then, we can call him Jehovah Jireh, God our provider today. He walked on water back then. He defied nature back then. But he's not relegated to the past because he's Jehovah Shema, the ever-present God. He's not called the I was. He's called the I am. He's not just the God of the past. He's the God of the moment. Lloyd John Ogilvie was the chaplain for the United States Senate years back. He wrote a commentary on the I am statements of Jesus Christ. He called it, the bush is still burning. And he traces the I am statements of Jesus back to that I am that I am voice that spoke from that fiery encounter. He translates the phrase to mean I am the God 
who can make things happen. I love it when the choir sings, I am hope, I am peace, I am joy, I am rest, I am your comfort, relief from your stress. So when you call on the great I am, you're calling on the one who can make things happen. Anything God has ever done, he can do now. Anything God has ever done anywhere, he can do here. Anything God has ever done for anyone, he can do for you. Speak it, proclaim it, declare it. Let God be God in your life. Unshackle that Holy One of Israel. Remove any preconceptions or preferences, predispositions, and permit God to move. We should shout with Habakkuk, repeat them in our day. But though we have precedent, we should also expect the unprecedented. Since our hope is in God, the one who makes things happen, we need to understand something about God. God is constantly outdoing himself. His divine motif was in his very first miracle in Cana of Galilee, where he saved the best for last. Unprecedented. We believe that the latter will be greater than the former. The latter rain, greater than the former rain. The latter house, greater than the former house. And the latter you, better than the former you. Greater works than these shall you do. I don't believe you've seen your greatest miracle. You've not heard your greatest sermon. You've not yet witnessed the most explosive revival in your midst. But you shall, you will. God saves the best for last. I like what God said in Isaiah 43, 26. He said, put me in remembrance. In other words, God said, remind me. Do you know that when you're claiming the promises of God, you're reminding God of what he can and will do? So let me do that just a moment. Let me take some of the promises of God and just remind God. And of course, actually, I'm reminding myself. Lord, here's what you said. You said, I'm blessed and cannot be cursed. You said, with a long life, you would satisfy me. You said, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you would defeat them. They would flee seven different ways. God, you said your favor is not for a season, but for a lifetime. What are you doing, pastor? I'm reminding God. I'm putting him in remembrance. God, you said you would supply all my needs according to your riches. You said you would restore health unto me and heal me of my wounds. You said you would be my vindicator and would fight my battles. You said I would live and not die. You said you would open the windows of heaven. You promised you would give me beauty for my ashes. Lord, I'm putting you in remembrance. You said you would pay me back double for my trouble, that my end would be better than my beginning. You said no weapon formed against me will prosper. You said you would restore what the enemy has stolen. I'm putting the Lord in remembrance. A tree, in a sense, has been cut down. Nations raging, nations falling. It's a truism. In advance of a storm, the waves rise. In America's history, just prior to major wars, God has moved. So before the Revolutionary War, God sent the Great Awakening. 
Just before the Civil War, God sent the Second Great Awakening. Before the World Wars, God sent the modern Pentecostal revival. Just before the Vietnam War, God sent a second wave of renewal. Before great physical upheavals, God sends a spiritual upheaval. That's His way. When I wrote the book on prayer, I gave it a subtitle, An Invitation to Awakening. I believe that we need nothing short of an awakening. Blackaby, who wrote Experiencing God, said this, He has done it before, and my prayer is we are the kind of people through whom he can do it again. Each generation, and most especially this generation, must pray that God finishes what he has started, that this world will be shaken again. Lord, do it again. You did it back then. Do it again. You may say, but I'm hurting. God should have used me last year. I was good then. But God is wanting to use you right now. You said, I am depleted. I feel like I'm wasted. I've experienced a bad fall. I've tumbled. I'm crumbled. I can't do it now. But the Lord promises us, at the scent of water, it shall sprout again that God is going to bring something back in your life. This is your day to step forward and put God in remembrance and remind God of the promises and the particular prophecies that he has made to you. You need to stand on those and say, I sense the presence of the Lord. I don't need a mighty flood. I just need the scent of water. And I'm going to try again, hope again, and believe again. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way until we meet again.